Walk for Wishes is back in person this year. Join Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley Sunday morning, October 17th at FDR Park in Yorktown for the annual Walk for Wishes to raise funds for more than 200 children in the Hudson Valley waiting for their wishes to be granted. When you Walk for Wishes, you help ensure that every eligible child experiences the hope and joy that a wish provides. It's a fun event that includes ice cream, food, family activities, and wish inspiration every step of the way. Registration begins at 8.30. The walk starts at 10. Register and learn more at hudson.wish.org forward slash walk our guest in this episode is former staff member and chapter supporter allison aka ali curtis uh, during her tenure on staff with the chapter ali oversaw volunteers and event management including our upcoming walk for wishes walkathon which she helped establish 18 years ago which is wild when we kind of go back and think about that but ali welcome to the wish house podcast how are you thank you abe almanza babe Babe, babe as as Rob Barr would have called me. Oh, Rob Barr. Oh, so to, to me, you are Abe, aka Babe. Um, <laughs> well, uh, it, for those that don't that are listening, um, Ali and I go way back. Uh, she was my office mate when I first joined the staff back in 2007. I first met her in 2006 when I was an alumni and was going to some alumni events. But yeah, we we had a, a really big um, music battle every day. We, we would take turns <laughs> with what we were listening to. But I recall that when you when you uh, left the staff, I remember you left me a trophy that it was like the Babe trophy, uh, which was hysterical. <laughs> um, so it was like a leftover promo item from something that we had gotten for some event, which is which is funny. But uh, but yeah, but it's great to talk to you because I, I mean, you were one of the people that were so instrumental in a lot of initiatives that were done at our chapter and just kind of taking us to another level. And I, I, I definitely wanted to talk to you just because I, I, you were so important in our chapter history. And as we're celebrating 35 years of wishes, uh, we had to get you on because you have an immense amount of knowledge and you kind of saw us as we were growing, you were, you were kind of steering us in that, in that direction. So let's go back to how it all started. Like, when did you first hear about Make-A-Wish? I'm sure I had heard about Make-A-Wish and knew of Make-A-Wish, but um, it was early in uh, 2003 um, that I got a call from a woman who was the office manager named Susan Palmer. And I had worked with her at Texaco when I worked in corporate. And I can't remember if she left a message. I had a cell phone, but it's not like it is now. It was was probably like a block. And uh, I can't remember if she called my house or she called my cell phone and she left a message. My dad was sick in the hospital. um, And she just left this message and said, I don't know what you're doing right now, but there's this opportunity here. And I really, it has your name written all over it. And literally it had my name written all over it because the person in the position before me was named Allie. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, and so then I, I met with, um, with Jane, um, and was our CEO at the time, Jane Sherman, who we also have an episode with. So for those that are listening and would love to kind of get to know Jane as well, we'll make sure to put a link in the show notes so you can listen to that episode as well. Yeah. Great episode. I'm a podcast junkie. You're one of my top podcasts, you and Dak Shepard of Armchair Expert. Oh my my goodness. 
You're my guy. What an honor. I mean, Zach, <laughs> he's uh, him and Kristen Bell, man. They have a really awesome rapport with each other. So it's, it's pretty cool. They do. Um, and so, yeah, so I met with Jane and then like it, it took a little bit. I think maybe I met with Jane, it, maybe not until March. My, you know, I remember that year just because my, my dad passed away in February. And then I think March, I went to meet with her and I was living at home with my mom after my dad passed away. I had had been through a merger with Texaco. And so I moved back home for what I thought would be like a year. I still live in that house because I ended up buying it. <laughs> which looks and, beautiful. You've you've really um, made it your own yeah. over the years, which yeah. is pretty cool. And um, yeah, I feel like this just was a gift that was brought to me. I met with Jane and then Jane was like, well, there's no way we could meet the salary you're making now. And I was living with my mom. We were roommates, you know, and she's like, do it, you know, just do what you really want to do. And I took the pay cut and I started in May as I think volunteer manager. Yep. And then that involved into evolved into community outreach manager. I think because of, and you know, in, in nonprofit, especially when you have a small staff, um, you wear many hats and based on the talents and skills you have to bring to the table. And so marketing and PR corporate communications was my background. And so um, Jane changed my title. Um, and I still, the week I started, um, there was a huge, I think, kayak in the office. The office was different oh, wow. than when you started. They were having there. I was like, what did I walk into? You know? And um, they were Was having- it like an auction item or something yes. for like a washboard? Yes. Yep. Yeah. They were having a gala. Um, and I, I, it was that first week. I don't remember. It was like the my second day or, but I just remember then coming into the office and I remember Ken Mahoney um, being there and then all these volunteers and they were getting all the stuff ready. And then um, we had that event was at Glen Island Harbor club. And was that I, one of the first wish or galas or wish bowls that we had as a chapter? Do you remember you know, I, that? I don't know. Um, Cause I feel like that was a, 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 a very um, like, late 1990s to early 2000s was like a real pivotal point in our chapter history based on all the conversations we've had up to this point with people that were around at that time because there was it was we were going from like really you know grassroots grassroots stuff to then kind of expanding and making it not that it wasn't formal before but making things a little bit bigger um, attracting different types of donors to our base right yeah, it was an amazing time. Um, there was a lot of shifting and changing um, happening for sure. Um, I just remember just from evolving from that first gala through to, you know, the the ones beyond that and how it changed and how we finally decided we need to move this away from the 95 uh, corridor and over because of the traffic. But yeah. that event, I had... And every I listen to these podcasts, and I I think I've cried every almost every episode I've listened to it through because it's so emotional for me. I mean, good good ways, you know. Right. But I had oh, the honor of sitting with the Quinn family, and uh, I got to meet Michael. And I tried not to cry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I mean, it's an emotional thing that we do oh, every day, and right? I didn't, and- I didn't know then. I didn't know then. It didn't. 
I wasn't emotional then, you know, he was there in his wheelchair with Bridget and, uh, oh gosh, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Quinn, his dad spoke and this big, strong man in this uniform and, oh, just being vulnerable and sharing his story. And when I look back, oh, how, how lucky was I? to get to meet Michael and really understand and see the interactions between them. I mean, you can see that um, and understand it from when he speaks yeah. and pictures post, but oh, what an experience. Um, and yeah, it certainly has, it, it, from that point on, um, that was my first week on the job. It just, it, yeah, it was, everything was so quick moving. Yeah. And for, so you, you went from canoes to tears in, in your first week. Um, and that's exactly what nonprofit life is kind of like, right? It totally I mean, is. It's, totally it's, is. Every day is so different. Um, and, and again, going back, you know, I just want to give a shout out to you and, and thank you publicly um, in helping me when I first got there, because when I came on board, I didn't really have any background on volunteer management. And so I went to you a lot for questions. I went to you a lot for just getting to know who, the volunteers as well, because I was coming in kind of blind on that end. And you would tell me like, hey, yeah, this person likes to communicate this way or whatever. So it was very great to be able to have you as a resource there on site, like literally right next to me. Um, and like I said, we had great battles with music. Um, <laughs> we talked a lot about movies um yeah so we had a, it was it was a very really fun time and we, I, I just remember when I first got there you know one of the big initiatives was like an internship program and that was something that we talked a lot about in those years as well so um but yeah it's just been I just want to give you a, a, a huge thank you for kind of guiding me in those first few years because uh you know I learned a lot and and a lot of things that I carry on over to today uh so it's something that you know definitely has touched my life and obviously touched every other volunteer that has come afterwards because there's been remnants of you and, and things that you shared with me that are with them now. Switching gears a little bit. So one of the things that I definitely wanted to talk to you about is obviously as part of our chapter history or some of the those early events that you helped out with. And one of the for me, one of the highlights of that was is our walk. And we obviously have the walk has continued on since you first had your hands on it. We had a conversation before our uh, our chat today about how there was talks about how hosting a walk many years before there actually was one. Uh, and so when you came on board and joined the staff in 2003, there was already a walk kind of somewhat in progress, right? And you kind of jumped in and, and kind of assisted with that. Walk us through that. Like, how was it the first walk that you kind of were a part of and kind of saw and then what, how they evolved over the years, the time that you were with our chapter. Sure. So, um, so I was there from 2003 until 2005. At the time, uh, Kathy um, Hirsch, our development manager, was on board. In 2003, I remember there being talks, Charles, uh, uh, a gentleman named Charles was there in that position uh, before Kathy. I remember them talking about a walk. It just never happened. There was planning. It just didn't come to fruition. And then when Kathy came on board, um, I, I feel like that was very, that was pivotal for the fundraising piece. Kathy was amazing. She had a development uh, background and Kathy really got the walk um, going. Um, but when I, when I left in 2005, um, Kathy was pregnant with her first 
um, her daughter who's in high school. This is crazy. I feel very old. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's it's crazy because we're talking about 18 years ago. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. Like I've been with make wish 14 years and it feels like like it was yesterday. Right. And that doesn't seem real. So yeah, 18 years, it's just like a weird number. And to think about her graduating from high school now, and she was pregnant with her back then. It's just wild. That's crazy. So crazy. But Kathy had started the planning for the walk when I came back from Ireland in December, um, Kathy was going to be going on maternity leave. They asked me because I was going to have to look for a job. I made the decision to to quit and leave Make-A-Wish, which was really hard um, to go and do that. Um, but I was lucky enough to come back and to cover for her while she was on maternity leave. So I worked closely with her, even though she was on maternity leave, and took her plans and moved them forward for the walk. And so um, it was at Playland, the first one. And time out. Can we talk about Playland walks? Because one of the memories that I have, because I the first one I went to was in 2007. Um, mm-hmm. It was the first one that I was working on as a staff. Yeah. And I just remember we had this walk at right on the water and that wind was picking up and it was brick, as we say, in the <laughs> city. Um, it was cold, man. It was like it would get into your bones. And because we would be there super early to start oh. setting up. We were there like at five in the morning. Yes. Um, and five in the morning, there was still frost on everything. Nothing had thawed out yet. It was yeah. crazy, man. But it was a beautiful it was a beautiful walk because it was like you would walk on the boardwalk and all throughout. It was just beautiful. Yeah, it was crazy. Do you know what I remember from those walks is the fuse without a doubt blowing at Disney <laughs> Park every year until we realized, okay, because yet yeah, it's cold, you have to have coffee. But those coffee urns yes. would blow the fuse every time. And so we were like, we cannot have not have coffee. So we finally got it in the big thermos jugs, right? We finally wised I up. I remember that. Maybe the third time around. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely freezing and volunteers were, you know, setting up and, uh, lugging bagels and apples. And, um, yeah. And I remember, I, I think I did a walk through there with you. I think you came that second year because mm-hmm. what happened was Kathy, you know, I worked for 2006, I worked on the brochure and I got everything going. And then Kathy made the decision to come back. She wasn't sure what she was going to do um, after she had her daughter. And she did. She came back and I stayed on for a little bit overlapping to help her. And then I got a position working for a PR firm in the city. And um, and then she took it from there. And I came. I remember coming with my sister and my niece, my niece, who's a sophomore in college, which again, and um, she uh Kathy ran the whole thing. And then I, I can't remember. I came back on because Kathy left um, and I applied for the position and I came back on in, I want to say I came back on in like June of 2007. Um, and I followed right behind you because I came mm-hmm. in July of 2007. Yeah. And I remember going to, I believe that we went and did a walkthrough together. I think you came with me yep. and um, I think you took a picture of me by the tiki bar for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we love the tiki bar. <laughs> they were just building it then. I remember um, that. Yeah. That's what that meant. It, it doesn't feel like that was that long ago, but it was that uh, long ago. Man. And I remember for that one that Liam, he cut the ribbon. 
Yeah. To start the walk that year. I remember that. And, and, uh, and for those that are listening, Liam, he's uh, one of our wish alum. His wish was to have a tree house. Uh, and it was, and it's hysterical because at the time, you know, he was a, a teenager. Now he's in his, you know, 20s. Uh, and he's like 6'10". <laughs> like he's crazy tall, um, you know, trying to get into a tree house. But it was pretty it was a pretty cool wish. And, and Liam was, was always involved early on in those years um, with yeah. our alumni committee and other things. He and his mom, Carly, they were very yeah. active. Yeah, I was looking up at him. Yep. Um, yeah, but I mean, what the walk did, right? It created this real tangible opportunity for people to get involved with Make-A-Wish because, you know, a, a gala, a ball, you have to price it to make money because you're spending the money. Um, and not everybody can participate. And a lot of your money comes in from sponsorships. And so the walk really was something where anybody could come and participate, you know, and it just sort of cast that wider net. And this is, you know, you're talking about earlier about sort of growth and things changing, you know, serving the eight counties and, you know, the wishes were just increasing. And I mean, Denise was doing all the outreach and reaching all the the medical communities and all the the families. And oh my goodness, (laughs) we were we were, you guys are still grassroots and we were chatting about this before we started, but we were legit boots on the ground. We, Denise and Kathy and I took a, a trip up to Delaware County and this is before Google map, like Google maps existed. You went onto Google and you printed you your, printed map. your, you printed your directions. And right. just for context, for those that aren't familiar with Delaware County, you know, it, it, it is right up there and there's, I think population-wise, chickens outnumber people, for sure. <laughs> like, make sure you have gas because the, the gas stations are far apart. And it's beautiful. Um, but the three of us, and you know what, though? Kathy had a car that had um, a navigation system, but it was like the CVs in the trunk. Nice. Thing. And um, we all went up there together and to do outreach. I was doing a, I had a volunteer orientation set up. I don't remember how many people showed up. We went to the very small hospital to meet with them, but it was really, and we stopped in Sullivan County on the way back. And from that point there to where the chapter is now and how, uh, it's just amazing. I mean, we, yeah, one of the other events um, that we used to do was bagel day. Did we still yes. have bagel day when you were there? Yeah. Yeah. I carried it okay. on for okay. I can't a remember. Few, until maybe like 2009 ish, 2010, I feel like was the last one I did. It was yeah. somewhere around that time. Cause that low carb craze kicked in and we it, were like, oh. Atkins, Atkins killed bagel day. It did. Yeah, it did. It really did. Cause nobody wanted to take the bagel. Yep. And it was that introduction. It was that, um, you know, it was, we sent volunteers to the Metro North stations. We worked with Metro North to get permission and they were there to greet the morning commuters with the latest um, issue of our newsletter and a bagel in a bag with like a cream cheese packet and butter. Neary's Bagels always donated all the bagels and we had all the volunteers have to, you know, package everything. And, but that really introduced, that's how Darlene Rodriguez came to yes. the chapter, you know, um, but now you have Facebook and you have, you know, Instagram and you have Twitter and like you put a post out there and then that reaches so many people. I, I mean, I, there's still a lot to be said about in-person events and being able to have that connection with people, but the capabilities now. Um, you have so much more tools at your disposal to get the same message out and just 
in a in such a more broader way. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's cool. And now, so we have so we had this amazing walk that you that yeah. you kind of carried over and and made and into what you know where where it is now. I mean, now we host our walk at FDR State Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that are listening, just as a friendly reminder, our walk is coming up on Sunday, October 17th. Uh, registration begins at 8.30 and the walk begins promptly at 10. You were talking about the coffee urns. We will not have any coffee urns at the walk anymore. <laughs> now we have a, a, a coffee truck is going to be there offering coffee, uh, hot drinks to our, uh, our guests. <laughs> we're also going to have an ice cream truck that's going to be there as well. So and a, and a bunch of fall activities for the kids. So please, if you're listening to this podcast and you're haven't you haven't made plans yet for that Sunday, come out to FDR State Park for our Walk for Wishes Walkathon. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a, a new route. Um, it's going to be a good one. It's the first in-person event we've had in over a year, which brings me to, to the next question, which is how have you been over the past like year and a half? I mean, during this pandemic has been absolutely bananas. Um, how you have you've been holding up? You know, it's been a ride. Um, I, I'm grateful. You know, I, I, I'm healthy and my family is healthy. Um, there was a family in, in my community Um my friend, actually, they've she's helped with make with a wish before, but my friend Cindy, who owns Kathleen's Tea Room, there was a young boy who washed dishes and his mom got COVID and was really sick. And it was a miracle she made it through. But we 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 did everything we could to help help that family. You know, it's uh, I think what this whole pandemic kind of did was kind of force us all to kind of look at what's important in life, mm-hmm. um, kind of give us some perspective. A lot of our families and and wish kids that are going through you know, a critical illness, they're going through a difficult time, you know, the wish is that hope that they're waiting for is that light at the end of the tunnel. And for all of us during the pandemic, we're, we, we're like peeking through that light right now, you know, we're, we're slowly getting there. Um, and I think it, if anything, now people could understand a little bit of what our families go through all the time, because mm-hmm. a lot of our kids that are immunocompromised have to be in isolation. And, you know, no one really understood that the way we understood it now, because now everybody had to be in isolation and quarantine in themselves. And, you know, this is what families are dealing with all the time, all throughout the year, all the time for us. So I think if anything, that allows people to understand a little bit of what families go through. And I think that's a good thing, because I think having that that sense of empathy and understanding that, you know, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, you know, there's a lot of tough stuff going out there. You know, I think that, what and then what you're talking about is the the gifts that came you know from the past year and a half and there are you know when everybody says there's a, a reason for everything why it's happening and you're in the moment you're like you don't understand it mm-hmm. um and there are many gifts that came from this situation and i think that us being able to look at each other and see each other in a different light even though it we were disconnected physically i feel like there's sort of a rebirth of humanity, a, a human connection. And, um, you know, we can get lost and the digital world is wonderful, but, you know, the stories that tie us together as human beings and how we intertwine in each other's lives and how we can help each other and hold each other up, um, the world can't happen. You know, that's what Make-A-Wish does, right? We, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hold a space for these families to not have to worry about anything, but focus on the wish. 
And it doesn't matter how long it takes, right? You're still constantly um, creating that experience. That experience starts from the day that you send the volunteers to meet with the family through until the wish completes. And as a matter of fact, it keeps going. You know, that's with you forever. It's with anybody who touches it. I mean, it is, it's not just the families, it's everybody who touches it. And as a matter of fact, it's such a small world. Um, a new coworker of mine, her um, son had a wish at Hudson Valley. Oh, get out of here. Julian, she showed me, she pulled up on her, um, Megan, his mom, um, she pulled up on her, her computer. There's a, I don't know if he wrote a little something for a new, the newsletter about his wish as an alumni or something. And I was like, yeah, that's my, my chapter. <laughs> oh, this is my chapter. Always um, but we are, I started a team for the walk. Um, and I was oh, like, you know our, so I met Monica. Well, well, hold on. So you started a team for the walk. What's the name of your team? I work for Monica Nyack Foundation, which is the philanthropic, you know, arm of the hospital. And um, yeah, we started. I just decided, you know, I said, Megan, if I do the walk, do you want to want to do it? And our director of volunteers, her son had a wish back in the nineties, and wow. small. It's a small world. Um, and so it's called Monica Nyack Foundation. I just thought as um, Tracy McLee, who's their executive director, my friend who brought me on board. Um, it's just, you know, we have we have wish kids who come through our hospital and we have, it's all about the community. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about joining forces and supporting. And so um, even if it's just me and Megan and a few other coworkers, and if Tracy can come, I'm not sure she can come that day, but she'll she'll support in some way. And, um, and you're in my hood now. You're up in... You're, this is right in your backyard. I mean, Yorktown Heights and Peekskill is like right there. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to do something during the pandemic. I met my boyfriend uh, that I tell everybody, you know, meet somebody when you have to quarantine and you get stuck with, they can't go <laughs> hang out with anybody else. And Vinny and I did it last year, our virtual, we uh, joined Denise's team and we walked across the bridge, which was really um, fun. And so, yeah, so we're going to recruit people. We're going to try to, I would love to raise enough for a wish. We're going to try. Um, well, I, I think that says a lot about, about you, which is why you're such a special person and why it, you're such an important part of our history, because despite, you know, time away and coming back and every, you always have stayed connected to us. I mean, you and I have stayed in touch throughout all these years. I know you and Denise are very close and along with the many others that have come through the doors of make wish and have since, you know, gone on to other things. Um, but we always have stayed together and that, that says a lot about, you as a person and and it's people like you volunteers staff members former staff you know chapter supporters that keep our chapter going you know that's these are the stories that we wanted to highlight on the podcast where people behind the scenes that you know may not know Ali Curtis from Peak Skill you know they they don't know you you know the the ones that have come after you right but you helped establish us in a lot of ways a lot of the things we do you kind of brought onto it and other chapter supporters like you have created our chapter. So we need to give you guys your flowers because um, without supporters like you, our chapter would not be where it is today. And um, and with that said, and you, the fact that you're supporting our walk is extremely important. And again, as a friendly reminder, the walk is coming up Sunday, October 17th at FDR State Park. Um, you talked about working at Montefiore Hospital and you got, you just had a major event last night um, for your 125th anniversary. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I'm, I would love to hear a little bit about how it went and, and what were you guys and how it was celebrated. Oh Cause goodness. I love history stuff. And that 125 years is something to be very proud of as a, and actually if you, if you visit our, um, 
our website, monofiornayakfoundation.org, and our, our Facebook page, we've been doing it, promoting a lot through um, out the process. I came on in April. Um, Tracy came on board in October. And this event had been planned for last year. It was the 125th, but with COVID and right. you know, everything got pushed off. Um, but we did share a lot of the history and evolution of, of the hospital on, on our social media, which is so, so, and oh my gosh, if you look at where you started to the capabilities of today. Um, so the event was at Boulder stadium in Pomona and thank goodness it was always planned as an outdoor event. Um, and, uh, we, it was magical. It was an amazing, amazing night, um, Tracy worked so hard on it. Um, and we had an event team helping us. We had the East Ramapo marching band, amazing kids, ridiculously talented. Um, we had a performance from a local gospel choir. They performed. Um, we had uh, fireworks. And what we did was it was, um, I don't know if you've ever been to the stadium. I had been there because of Make-A-Wish because we used to do stuff there years ago, yeah. outreach nights. And around the promenade area, what we did was during the pandemic, and again, you know, this goes back, back to bringing us all together, you know, um, ugh, these workers, everybody in the hospital from, you know, my sister's a nurse uh, and I, I watched her go through it. Um, and everybody from the folks, the amazing folks who keep the hospital sanitized and, and clean and safe for everyone to the nurses and the doctors and the IT guys keeping everything. I mean, what an effort. And these uh, restaurants in town would bring food, right? They'd bring food for everybody because they were just, they wanted to do their part to help thank, you know, the workers. So what we did was we hired local restaurants and caterers, um, to do the food and we had different food stations around. Um, and it was really a community, you know, the hospital is built by the community for the community and there's no better way to celebrate, um, you know, than that. We honored the, the village of Nyack. Um, we honored Dick Holhausen, who is on the hospital board. Um, and then we also ordered, uh, uh, honored Dr. Oswa, who is the head of the whole Montefiore uh, network. He, lives here in Brown County, but he um, was very instrumental in uh, Nyack Hospital joining the Montefiore Network. And um, and to so connect everything back to Make-A-Wish, you know, when you work on these events, and gosh, I remember working on them with you, we just had it down. That's why I was telling people, like, the yeah. way that we worked together, especially with these big gala type events. Um, I reached out to Christine Stefano, who is close of uh, a Make-A-Wish volunteer. She was the auction master along with Karen Stralick. They ran oh. those auctions like crazy. I mean, like yeah, we didn't have they, to worry about it. Nothing. Yeah, they had it down. Yeah, they had it down. And so we needed to bring some volunteers in. Um, we had, you know, staff from the hospital, but Christine came and she was there. And um, but yeah, no, no, it was great. It was a great night. And I always think back whenever I do these events, I always think back to my time at Make-A-Wish, you know, I learned a lot there. You know, you talk about when you started and that's so sweet of you to, you know, to say um, that I really helped you 
you know, along the way, but that's what you have to do for each other. We have to help, you know, there's no sense in recreating the wheel, mm-hmm. you know, you have to pay it forward. And, you know, my mom used to say, somebody says, can I borrow a quarter? And you have a quarter to give, you should give it to them and say, you know, don't give it back to me, pass it forward, give it to the next person who needs the quarter, you know, and that's how this chapter, that's how Make-A-Wish has come along so far. You know, we've all done our part and we've all carried the torch and we we've you know moved things forward. I mean, I just the the, the staff that you have now. Um, yeah, I mean, we when we when we were working there, we were a staff of what like seven. I mean, it was you and me downstairs, yeah. and then there was Chris and Sharon for our wish department. Wish department, Bruno, director of finance. Bruno. I know for, we, we've mentioned Bruno a few times um, on the podcast over a few episodes. And, you know, I'm hoping to get uh, someone from Bruno's family on the podcast because Bruno was also such an interesting character, uh, Swedish dude who just um, just had a, a, a one of a kind is the best way to put it. And his wife, Anne, has always been the sweetest originally from the you know from the Bronx and the big Yankees fan. And I would always bump into Bruno and, and Anne all the time at Yankees games, at least two Aww. or three times a year. Um, and obviously, you know, the last couple of years have been kind of off because of baseball and pandemic. But, you know, so I missed the opportunity to kind of uh, see him before he passed. But he um, he was such a special person as part of our chapter history that I would love to have Anne on just to talk yes. about her recollections of of Bruno and Make-A-Wish. And, you know, the crazy thing with Bruno, for those that may not uh, may not have had the opportunity to, to have met him, was that he was always very well dressed and always like to the T, like on point. Right. Haircut. Nice. Right. When he passed, he had like a crazy long ponytail and he was just like living his best life, you know, and, and, and it was just awesome to see that he was just doing his thing. And, and that was and he again, he was his own person. Didn't matter that his ponytail was super long and it was white and everything it didn't matter. Like he was just doing his thing. And and that was Bruno, you know, and, and his people like that again and like yourself that kind of moved the, the chapter forward and. Uh, and again, we can't thank you enough for for all your contributions to the chapter over the years, both behind the scenes as well as, in, you know, in the front lines of things. And, you know, I think now we can kind of maybe transition to another part of our podcast, which is called our shooting star segment, which is a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind. And we've talked about a few different memories down memory lane of Make-A-Wish. But what would you say is like your top favorite Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memory? It could be something funny, something momentous, something that you just, when you think of Make-A-Wish, you think about that. For me, it was when I had the opportunity, we would work on the videos for the gala and I got to interview, I think I may have interviewed you actually um, for one year. I interviewed a bunch of alumni, um, but I would interview the Wish families. Um, and that to me is the most, I, there are, uh, life lessons and quotes that every day I am reminded of from those interviews from Joseph's father. Um, I think his name was Joe. And I think his mom's name was Margie. His wish was to have a, I think a big screen TV and SpongeBob delivered it. Cause I remember the photos and I remember him in, in our interview, he would say to his wife, what we have this China and this China cabinet and we never use it everyday special why are we waiting for a special occasion to use this like life is special let's just use it and you know when my mom passed away 
I bought the house I grew up in and I have her China and I pull that China out anytime I can because we never used it even on special occasions. Um, and, you know, Dr. Claudio Sandoval, who I'm not sure if he's still uh Involved. He's still involved with our chapter. Yeah, yeah, he recently retired, so he's taken some time off. But yeah, he's totally still connected to us, still part of our um, medical advisory team for our chapter. So anytime we have any questions, you know, we could always reach out to him. He's always available for for anything we have. Um, he. I know. I know the quote you're going to say. This is the one about the snowflake, right? Yes. Please repeat it because I think. Oh my gosh, Denise and I go back on this. There's so many things that come up from training videos. Denise and I always. You know, it's so funny. Um, so he said, goodness begets goodness. Um, it's an avalanche of goodness. It starts with this little tiny snowflake and it's just an avalanche of goodness. And I, that, see, even, you know, yeah, it's quotable, man. That, that was before social media. That was that social media, like snippet 30 second, all you need put it out there and it would have gotten, you know, shared 3000 times. It's crazy. It's interesting because you, you would do a lot of the, the, you know, video put montages of, of mm-hmm. wishes, extremely emotional because you were getting really to the core of things. And I remember, you know, when you think back to that time, it was 2006. And from the one I, I believe is around that time that some of the interviews you just mentioned were, were recorded. 2006 mm-hmm. was also an important year for our chapter because it was our 20 year anniversary. Uh, which now we're celebrating our 35th. So that was 15 years ago. Um, and so you were, it was our 20th anniversary. It was also the, the planting of the seed for our alumni committee, because one of the other yeah. people you also interviewed was one of our you know, first like cheerleaders, proponents of the alumni committee, which was Walter? Jody, was Jody. Jody and, and was Walter there too? Um, he was Walter? part of the, or the first meetings. Yes. Okay. Of, uh, yeah. Yes, Jody. Yeah. I, when I was thinking of Walter, just because of um, Dr. Sandoval, he that was right, his doctor, right. and so I did talk to them together. But yeah, Jody, um, who had her wish was to meet Dale Earnhardt, yeah. um, and it was just it was just that conversation. I think she had mentioned in either in passing or or it was off camera or something to you and and to others on staff about how she wanted to meet other wish kids like her, and yeah. that in two thousand and six. You were doing, I mean, our, our wish ball is usually in April. So I'm guessing these interviews happened when, like February, March at we the latest early in the year. I don't, I remember actually, uh, Mark Burnback. I believe. Thank you, Burnback. Uh, because then there was another Mark later on after Mark Burnback moved away. Um, he approached the chapter about doing a video like for wit, you know, if we ever needed services and we were like, let's try this. And um, yeah, it was, I remember when the alum, remember, remember when the alumni committee was coming together and Liz Seltzer and Anthony um, Judice. And um, I remember when, uh, oh gosh, Denise was so excited about you coming on board as the, the volunteer manager. We were so excited to have your energy and any, listen, I didn't know what I was doing when I started. I didn't have volunteer <laughs> management experience. I think, and I think as an adult, you know, like that veil gets lifted. Nobody knows what they're doing. True. We're figuring it out. I mean, we know, but we have to figure our way. We don't know everything. And um, you brought such energy to the chapter, you know, talking about pivotal moments and, and the chapter growing. I mean, you've done so much. When I was there, we relaunched, I managed the project to re- relaunch the website 
Yes. And we finally had our own Hudson.wish.org. Um, and Which, let's give some context for those that are listening. So back in the day, you know, as like I mentioned before, early, late 90s, early 2000s was a pivotal time, not just for our chapter, but just as an organization, because yeah. up to that point, a lot of chapters still kind of just did their own thing and based on what they could do. And our national office you know, supported with what they could do at that time. And once start, things started to kind of get streamlined and there was more of a strategy around major internal events like walks and wish balls and, you know, branding and marketing and all this stuff. Once all these things started to get streamlined and we were really, they were stressing to have continuity across all the chapters, all these things started changing. And it just happened to be around the same time that I joined and you were there and yeah, you're right. I mean, I remember there was so much work put into the website. And then I believe you had just come back from a conference and you were like, they just came out with these templates uh, for the websites. And, you know, I think we should look into it. And and it was just like, yeah, we should we should do that. And then it just kind of happened. And then it was like, oh, wow, like now I'm doing website administration and <laughs> learning all that kind of stuff. And it was again, it was also right before social media as well. Because right. social media kicked in maybe two or three years after that. And it was then it just became crazy to the point where we had to create uh, for those that are volunteers. You guys know this because you signed a form that we created at our chapter. It's called our social media guidelines because we had to put parameters in place during those early years, 2008, 2009, when Facebook became, I guess, went public at that time. And it was open to everybody. Before that, it was just college students that really had access to it. Um, but it was just crazy it's just wild because it doesn't, again, it doesn't feel like it's been that long ago. Um, but we're all, we all supported each other. We all learned from each other and grew with each other and had each other's back. I think that was also one of those key things that we find also with the volunteers. Like they, they have each other's back and in turn, they also have our back at events. And without them, we would, they're the backbone of the organization. We can have direction all day, but if we don't have people to direct, um, it doesn't work. So they're out there visiting families. They're out there, helping us at events. Um, we're excited now that we're hosting virtual orientations. That's another big thing, kind of shift of strategy for us. And we're also going to be hosting a virtual wish grinder training in 2022. And that's like a big deal too. Uh, so these are things that are happening. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and want to get involved, you're inspired by Ali's story. We encourage you to reach out to us. We'll make sure to put a link in the show notes for you to email our volunteer coordinator, Jillian, who can you know, take your information down and get you on the path of becoming a, a fully fledged volunteer. Um, going back to our shooting star segment, Allie, <laughs> you know, for because uh, we can talk all day. I was going to say, uh, I'm sorry, because this is the week, you know, I well, well, actually I'm let's go on another tangent because I love, you know, me, I love tangents. So <laughs> you talk, you've mentioned Denise so many times, but yeah. we haven't really talked about your like, relationship with Denise. Denise. You know, for for those that are listening, Denise is our, our VP of program and operations, and she has been with the chapter for you know over 20 years. Uh, and it's just wild because you guys have a, such a great relationship, you know, and how did that relationship kind of evolve? I mean, you said it may have just happened in the trenches when you guys were out yeah. there doing stuff in the community, boots on the ground, and you guys have built just a great friendship over the years you know how how to share with our listeners a little bit about that relationship with denise and kind of how denise represents make-a-wish also you know denise has always been that anchor she's always been you know she's experienced every nook and cranny of the chapter she's done everything i have such respect for people 
who are in leadership positions. She's earned the role she's in. She's oh, just such amazing work because she's touched everything. But yeah, Denise is um, Denise is the glue, man. She's uh, she has. I don't think she realizes how much of a vision she has had for the chapter and had the force that she's had just to bring it forward. She's always thinking. Oh, we'll talk, we'll brainstorm about stuff. I call her and reach out to her about stuff that I'm working on or how can we collaborate or, and. Yeah. Um, when we, right before the pandemic, I remember you helped out with our meet the staff document. I, I did. Believe. I was freelancing at the time. And she yeah. was like, you know, the language, you know, can you, could you just help me with like apps anytime I can touch anything with make a wish, you know, like I just sat down and, and brainstormed with her and, but yeah, she's just a wonderful human being. And uh, yeah, she's from that moment I met her that first week until now, like, I just feel like we've been such great friends uh, and she's brought so much, so much into my life and uh, so much to the chapter, you know, that's awesome. And dedicating that much of your life these times and during these times to, to one organization, to one, that's amazing. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. You know, back in the day in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you used to get into a job and be there until, you know, you retired. And that's the way it was back in the day. And now it seems like every everyone and everything is so transient and, and people are here three, four, five years and then they bounce and they go on to the next thing, a new experience. And um, so, yeah, having someone and, and, and anchor is probably the perfect word for what Denise represents. She anchors uh, our chapter, um, bridging the past and the present. In a, in a really unique way, while still looking forward to the future. And I think that's one of those, again, she's pivotal in our chapter history. I mean, to have, to be a part of our chapter life for, you know, more than half of it, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's just crazy. So we're so blessed to have her on staff and to continue to guide us as a chapter. Um, but I do have another question for you on the shooting star segment. Okay. Um, what advice would you give to someone from the community who wants to get involved, wants to be a volunteer or a chapter supporter? Um, what would you tell them to kind of nudge them in our direction? I don't think people need nudging. I mean, once they hear about Make-A-Wish um, and you do things like this where you're really sharing the stories and people can hear more, I think that in and of itself, Make-A-Wish just attracts the best people. Um, But no matter, I think people worry about like, well, I really can't do that much or, oh, I don't know if I could work with the kids. I can't work. I don't think I could handle that. Or there are so many ways that you can help. You you have it in you to make a difference every little bit, right? It goes back to Dr. Sandoval. It goes back to that little tiny snowflake. It it just, it, it keeps going and going, not like a bad collapse avalanche, a wonderful avalanche of goodness that kind of blankets us. Um, and so whether it's the walk, which is a great way to get introduced to the organization. Um, and it's free to register this year. So for those yeah. that are listening, just join, right. jump into a team, join Allie's team or join one of the other teams that are, is already established. If you don't want to be a team captain or just show up on the day of, we have onsite registration too, and you can, you know, make a donation if you'd like of any amount that day. And we're going to have a lot of fun stuff there and activity. So definitely consider that. Like you said, sometimes it's just a encouragement of just go to an event, go to something, be a part of it, be around it. And then you'll figure out where you fit. 
Yeah. And everybody has some sort of talent or gift to share inside them. They don't, they may not look at it that way that they have something special, but everybody has something special um, to give. And whether it's your time, your talents, funding, there's so many ways to give. And I guarantee you that you'll get more back. It was in one of those training videos. I think back in the day, it was a VCR, you know, <laughs> and it, you know, you know, it's funny. You talk about that one day, Denise, um, I think she was clearing out her closet. This was a few years ago. She was clearing out her closet and she came downstairs and she, she had a huge like storage bin and she was like, Hey, I think you would want to look through I think you want to take a look at this. And it was literally a storage bin full of old like VHS VHS tapes of like if you remember back in the day we had like one of Mariah Carey songs that was playing over yes. like all the video of the kids and you know we had um anyway and training video like you said literally training videos just stacks of VHS tapes and it was crazy because at the time we I don't think we I think we had one TV still that had like a TV VCR uh-huh. combo yeah, so I was like popping them in just checking them out to see like what they were it was like now it's like everything, not even DVDs are like a thing anymore. Now everything's just streaming. It's crazy. Amazing. Then one of the videos had the gentleman who founded, uh, who started Give Kids the World. Yes. And he, the quote, make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And it's, it's somewhere in Give Kids the World because I remember them, you know, go cutting to that view of it. Um, you know, it's true. You know, the more you give, the more you get. It's amazing in this world. Absolutely. I'm curious, in one word, how would you describe Make-A-Wish? Magic, but not poof. I don't don't think of magic as that. I think magic comes from, it's that sweet spot when you have gone through the struggle, you've done the work that you needed to do to get through something, to make a difference, to give of yourself. And there's this moment and that's the magic. And that is what like if you become part of Make-A-Wish, that magic is just, it's not the, you know, just for the families. I mean, you create that experience for them. That's the magic. You know, I know that the mission has gone through many iterations. I don't know what it is right now. So to, to, to remind our listeners, our mission statement is together, we create life changing wishes for children with critical illnesses which our prior uh, mission statement was probably like three times the length of that. Yeah. We uh, um, grant wishes to children with life-threatening medical conditions to To enrich enrich the human experience with hope, strength, and and joy. And that enriching the human experience that there, that that's the magic I'm talking about. And I think that that that's make wish. Um, I have one last question for you and then we'll cut the shooting star segment. Uh, if you could have a wish, what would it be? And to remind our listeners, we have five formal wish categories. They are to go, to be, to meet, to have, and to give. So out of those five formal wish categories, Allie, what would your wish be? Oh my goodness. You know, these days I've been thinking, I know it's crazy, but I'm thinking about retirement. I'm, you know, what? <laughs> I'm just thinking about my life then, you know, yeah, like yeah. what does it look like? Um, and, um, I just love the new England area so much. I'm not the Red Sox. I appreciate that. Yeah. Let's keep it it honest. 
I think I would love, I, lately I've just been thinking about, I would love to have a home to retire to. I'd love to have the home now, honestly, in New England, something about the water, it's it's healing, it's the energy of it. And I would love just to have a space to share with people, to come and visit, to, you know, uh, just to enjoy each other and tell each other our stories, you know? Yeah. And, and I... I think that's why I enjoy this podcast, why I enjoy Armchair Expert as well, because it taps into the the human experience, into the stories. And so just the space to enjoy and to offer it up to other people to come and enjoy um, in a place that I love. I think that right now would be my wish. And I can't remember years ago when we I would do wish training what my wish was, but I'm sure it's changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wish trainings. And uh, I mean, we, we, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about volunteer conference and how you kind of helped start that. So to give some, some background on that for our listeners, you know, so we used to host the volunteer conference every year. And the volunteer conference was really that opportunity to kind of one, connect with our volunteer base throughout that, you know, throughout the counties that we serve. Two, it was an opportunity to train them, refresh them, update them on anything new that was going on. Um, but three, it was the big, the other big thing about it was really to what we've been talking about throughout this entire episode, which is connections, mm-hmm. you know, getting volunteers together in the room to just connect with each other, connect uh-huh. with staff, um, because it's those connections that we all look for is that's what we've been striving for. We, we need human connection and the volunteers that we've had over the years and, and continue to have now, you know, they are. I feel like really the salt of the earth, like they give of themselves in ways that, you know, are just unbelievable. And, you know, even though they're struggling through certain things, they still give of themselves. Like what your mom used to say, you know, if you have a quarter, give the quarter and then pay it forward. I mean, there, there are volunteers that that have gone through, you know, crazy stuff, especially over the last year and a half. And yet they still are giving of themselves to our wish kids and their families and the families wouldn't know it. You know, a lot of the staff won't even know it either outside of the people within volunteer that and coordinators that are working with them directly. Um, But yet they still come every day ready and prepared to grant amazing wishes. And even though we're not able to meet with the kids in person, we're still meeting with them virtually. And that in itself, it's still impactful. You're still talking with someone. You're still connecting with them and engaging with them. And they're, and they're still doing that. So I just wanted to give a shout out to all of our volunteers who have attended volunteer conferences in the past. And one of the last ones we did was about two, uh, 2016, I believe. Um, it was around the 30th anniversary, actually. And that, that was the last one we did. It's, it's a, a lot logistically, man. I mean, to coordinate the RSVPs just for that, it was, oh, man, it, I, it was it was crazy. And then obviously that's not even taking into account the actual day, how it was going to flow. I remember the last one we the last one I did for the chapter was again like 2016. And it was great because we had Tommy Austin, who was one of the co-founders of Make Wish there. We had some of our early founders, uh, Steve Waldman, who was there on a panel, along with our longest tenured volunteer in Jamie Barr, who just wow. became a granddad. So Jamie, if you're listening to this episode, shout out and congratulations. Oh, Your son Sean had a baby. Yeah. Well, not Sean, but his wife had a baby. <laughs> and um, you know, and you're, now you're a grandpa, which is crazy. Um you know, and I and we we started this kind of joking around. We were talking about Rob Barr, which is uh, uh, James, uh, Jamie's so dad. Rob, um, Rob and Jamie, what a dynamic duo! And Rob, the best raffle seller ever yes. at our, our galas. Can we talk about him paired up always with Penny Sunshine too? Yes. Which doesn't even sound like a real name, but it was. It is. Name, yeah. uh, 
but she they were such a great team as well such a great team and jamie and jamie is another one he's just oh god what a wealth of history right like what's i feel like he and denise have always been and i've kept in touch he's oh just a wonderful human being uh one of my favorite people and you you could I, sometimes I've randomly just texted him because I've thought of him, you know, it's just one of those people and I see him on Facebook and we've, we've gotten together, Denise and I have gotten together with him. And, and then, uh, it's just amazing the people that come through, yeah. you know, and touch your life through Make-A-Wish. It's amazing. So if you haven't learned anything up to this point, get connected to us, man. We, yeah. We'll stick with you for, for life. You know, we'll be there with you through ups and downs and you'll be able to join in on, on some amazing wishes along the way and, and really impacting local uh, children in, in a meaningful uh, way. Um, so Allie, man, this has been awesome. It's been long overdue. Uh Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and, and for, for having and, me. And for everything you've contributed to the chapter, both, you know, on staff, behind the scenes, you know, freelancing, everything. Uh, we are so thankful and appreciative of, of all your contributions. And, you know, we celebrate you, you know, on our 35th anniversary, you know, podcast episode. Um, we can't thank you enough. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And just such an honor to be part of it. And um, yeah, just keep that magic going. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy. Walk for Wishes is back in person this year. Join Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley Sunday morning, October 17th at FDR Park in Yorktown for the annual Walk for Wishes to raise funds for more than 200 children in the Hudson Valley waiting for their wishes to be granted. When you walk for wishes, you help ensure that every eligible child experiences the hope and joy that a wish provides. It's a fun event that includes ice cream, food, family activities, and wish inspiration every step of the way. Registration begins at 8.30. The walk starts at 10. Register and learn more at Hudson.Wish.org forward slash walk.